This is the Decoding Obesity Podcast, where we simplify, demystify, and decode obesity, helping you lose weight and feel great. So gear up for a fascinating journey through this ever-evolving field, and let's see what we find. And please remember that the thoughts and opinions on this podcast do not constitute medical advice. Don't forget to visit our website, www.decodingobesity.com, for show notes and more info. And now, here's your host of the Decoding Obesity Podcast, Dr. Avishkar Sabarwal. Hi, friend. Welcome to this episode of the Decoding Obesity Podcast. Now, I have some exciting news for you. I'm actually running a giveaway from November 1st to 5th November. The story behind this is that actually I was searching for protein bars online and I came across a company called Atlas Bars. I really love their bars and I wanted to share them with you. So I reached out to them and you know what, they were nice enough to collaborate with me to create this giveaway just for you. So more details are coming up on this in the future. Keep an eye out for an email from me if you're on my email list or my social media if you follow me there. Additionally, I will be sharing the details on my podcast as well next week. Well, we've been talking about eating disorders for the last two episodes, so I thought of you know going deep into this and talking more about you know, the certified eating disorder specialists. I'm pleased to welcome Rachel Heinemann to my show. She's a licensed mental health counselor based in NYC in Brooklyn. She specializes in treatment of eating disorders and emotional eating, as well as exercise addiction and body image struggles. She also works extensively with those challenged by depression, anxiety, relationship difficulties, and career stress. In addition to her practice, Rachel has taught courses in eating disorders and body image at undergraduate programs and high schools. She is the host of Understanding Disordered Eating, which is a podcast she recently started, and she's a part of the leadership at the International Association of Eating Disorder Professionals, New York chapter. Welcome, Rachel. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. This is really exciting. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on and shedding light on what exactly a certified eating disorder specialist is. Yeah, of course. Let's dive into this. So who exactly is a certified eating disorder specialist? You know, when I started reading about this, specifically obesity, I didn't know that this was a separate specialty in terms of, you know, having a certified eating disorder specialist. And when I was going through the training, these disorders like, you know, binge eating disorder, nighttime eating syndrome, these came up, but I did not necessarily know who would people reach out to. And I always assumed it would either be a psychologist or a psychiatrist. So who exactly is a certified eating disorder specialist? So the certified eating disorder specialist is, it can be really any discipline. So a medical doctor, which medical doctor, also a psychiatrist or a psych NP, or a registered dietitian, a master's level clinician, or a psychologist is basically a certification that you tack on, on top of your licensure. And so if you have the certified eating disorder specialty edition, you have to at least have the master's. Somebody who goes through extensive training of working with people struggling with all sorts of eating disorders is then kind of given this extra certification so that you know they have this experience. Right. I mean, I'm sure the training itself is very extensive, but how does one become a certified eating disorder specialist? So it entails a whole bunch of things. It's pretty extensive. And in a nutshell, it's a couple of years of supervised hours gaining more experience. So the supervisor has to be a certified eating disorder specialist supervisor, and that has to be done at a minimum of two years. 
So this is a lot of experience that you're getting with this subpopulation. There's a bunch of courses specifically for that you have to take with a lot of reading about all different eating disorders. There's a final exam, a bunch of CE credits, so that's continuing education, and a case example, like a sort of essay format. And then there's a couple of other bureaucratic hoops to jump through. But that's basically it in a nutshell. It's an extensive process. Yeah, so it's not like an online program that you do. It's, it's really hands-on. <laughs> no, it is not an online program at all. It basically, if you're really serious about it, then you do it. It's not something that you can just kind of decide and then the next day get or the next month get. I see. Interesting. And how is this a certified eating disorder specialist different from a psychologist or a psychiatrist? So first of all, it doesn't necessarily have to be different. A psychiatrist or a psychologist could be a certified eating disorder specialist. But I guess what I would say is if somebody is just a psychologist or just a psychiatrist, I would have specific questions, ask them about their experience with eating disorders because they could either be in the process of getting their SEDS or they can have experience and just not be interested in pursuing it. So I would say just kind of like really ask them questions about their experience and it doesn't necessarily have to be different. I see. You know, these days, there are a lot of health coaches and a lot of nutritionists yeah. out there in the market. How is an eating disorder specialist different from, say, a health coach? So I would say that an eating disorder specialist is not remotely similar to a health coach. First of all, it really anybody could, to my knowledge, anybody can call themselves a nutritionist or a health coach. You can probably do one of those online programs and call yourself a health coach. Let's just talk about one discipline. The registered dietitian goes through extensive training in terms of their master's. They would come out with, let's say, an MSRD, master's in dietetics. So they would automatically be different from a nutritionist. They can call themselves a nutritionist, but a nutritionist or a health coach can't call themselves a dietitian. So by nature, already somebody who is working in this field has to have a lot more initial education. And then somebody who is specialized in the population of working with those struggling with an eating disorder has an additional training. And I would say the hallmark, the one difference that you can, not even just health coaches, but really anybody who says anything about eating disorders, the hallmark of somebody who is a true eating disorder expert is that they will never advertise weight loss. They will never promote weight loss for the sake of weight loss. If somebody says that, I would be pretty skeptical. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that because, you know, last two episodes, we had Dr. Wasner on our show, and she's also a certified eating disorder specialist. And we had this very interesting discussion about, you know, obesity and how certified eating disorder, how the management of that plays into the management of obesity. And she ended up actually mentioning that they are kind of going the opposite directions. So <laughs> with, with certified eating disorders, you kind of have to have a regimented eating pattern, but that may not necessarily fall in line with the management of obesity per se. And that's why sometimes it can be really challenging to manage obesity in patients who suffer from an eating disorder. Yes. Although I will add that the term obesity, it's a medical term. It kind of says where you fall on the BMI chart, but the BMI chart was developed by a statistician, wasn't a medical professional. So it was kind of like an organizing tool. Well, thank you very much, but I don't want my health to be dictated by a statistician. So if we look at the research a little bit more extensively, weight is not directly related to health. And we have to look at so many other markers of health, like heart pulse, blood pressure, a full blood panel, so that checks A1C and your hormones and your vitamins and 
DEXA scans, so a bone density, and really important, your relationship with food. All of those are much more accurate markers of health than what the scale says. Well, you know, it's interesting that you mentioned about the weight scale also, because my very first episode on this podcast was actually on body measurements. Really? I, what I, yeah, it was. And what I did was I kind of put forth all the stuff that we use for measurement of obesity. And so mm -hmm. weight is one of the things that you actually use. It's been used several times. BMI has been used and has been validated in multiple studies for, you know, for different purposes. So we still use BMI, but there are other measures also of measuring obesity, you know, like the body fat percentage. And again, you can measure it by various ways. You can do your indirect body measurement. There are various other measures, for example, the waist hip ratio that you can use. The waist circumference in itself is an important measure. So I actually talked a lot about all of the other measures on the very <laughs> first episode of my podcast, I love uh, that. Wherein, <laughs> where we discussed, you know, more than just the weight. Mm -hmm. But coming back to certified eating disorders, what is the role of a certified eating disorder specialist in terms of management of obesity, in your opinion? Yeah, well, I guess this comes back to the conversation of obesity, because if somebody comes to someone who's certified eating disorder specialist, and says, I need help managing my obesity, before we do anything, we would have to unpack what that means. And so are you having trouble with your weight? Do you want it to be lower? Well, let's look at other markers of health. Is this a body image thing? Is this actually a health thing? And if it is, then sure, we can pursue health in other ways, but it's never going to be weight loss for the sake of weight loss in terms of getting into a more average or the normal healthy range of the BMI chart. So I would say that if this said is coming at it and saying, let's manage your obesity, run the other way. They're not. They're not an eating disorder specialist. And so what I would say is that they're primary goal is to help you heal your relationship with food. If you're using food to cope, if you feel out of control, if you feel a lot of shame around food, all of those things, that's what the SEDS is going to help you with. And then hopefully kind of all the other health stuff will fall into place and you'll work with a registered dietitian on that stuff. But the relationship with food is what's most important. Yeah, that's interesting. And that makes a lot of sense. It's more about the relationship with the food and relationship with yourself, right? Because some of them are also body image disorders. So exactly. that, that makes complete sense. But does everyone with obesity need a, uh, a certified eating disorder specialist? No, definitely not. I mean, there are people who, you know, this is each specific person can go to their own doctor and, and see what their situation is. But there are people who are in the obesity category that are completely healthy and they should not be losing weight because if they're put in the quote normal bracket, then they actually might be severely malnourished. So there are examples of Patients who come and they started out in, quote, obese bodies, and then they lost weight and in their, quote, normal body were fainting, getting concussions, severely malnourished, developing lanugo, I mean, the tiny hairs on your body that try to keep you warm if you're severely malnourished. And so definitely not. I, I would say that if, if they're bothered by their relationship with food or there are other health problems then okay, let's address those. But for all other people, absolutely not. You're fine. Yeah. And you know, a certified eating disorder specialist seems like a very, very narrow field, you know, just dealing with mm -hmm. the eating disorders. Yeah. But 
when it comes to obesity, there are a lot of a lot of times there are a lot of other complex psychological issues and sometimes psychiatric illnesses that tag along, right? For example, like depression, anxiety, whatever have you. Now, does a certified eating disorder specialist help with those also or you have to go to a specialist for that? No. So I guess it would depend which discipline you're talking about. Very often somebody with an eating disorder has an entire team. So the medical doctor and the registered dietitian might not, but their therapist absolutely will. And so when I say therapist, you know, just to kind of name a few. So there's a few master's levels. There's the licensed clinical social worker, that's LCSW, LMHC, which is what I am, licensed mental health counselor, LMFT, which is licensed marriage and family therapist, and the LCAT, which is a licensed creative arts therapist. And then there's the doctoral level, which is the PsyD, PhD, so the psychologist. All of those people are trained to help you in all of the mental health aspect of your relationship with food. So in, in effect, essentially, you're working as a team. It's not like one person working individually and everything is kind of interlinked and you might refer somebody to somebody else in case you think they require that particular skill. Exactly. And so this kind of brings me to, you know, this question of how would people know that they need a certified eating disorder specialist or how would they get referred to you? Yeah, well, I think, first of all, there are a couple of questions you can ask yourself those questions kind of determine to see if your relationship with food is problematic or if things feel unhealthy to you. So just a couple of examples that I would, you know, the first that come to mind is what percentage of the day are you thinking about food? Very often people who are really struggling with their relationship with food would say upwards of 80, 90%. Some of them dream about food. So it's like 110%. To what extent does this affect your life, affect your functioning? How out of control do you feel about food? So all of those questions, if you answer that it is a problem for you, then that's that's a really big sign that you do need some help. And, you know, these are some questions that any sort of professional can ask their patients as well. There, there are more official assessment tools online that you can look at, like the EAT, which is, uh, I think it's the eating assessment tool. There are a couple like those. But the main point is to ask these questions and to see, does this person subjectively feel like they have some sort of something with food? And if that's the case, then go for it. I think that when we try to say, oh, you don't fit the criteria or you don't fit in the box, then we're excluding people from getting treatment that they really need and deserve. And just because somebody is just struggling with disordered eating and not in full-blown eating disorder doesn't mean that they don't need someone who specialize in this area. I see. And another very important question, you know, in this country, of course, is the insurance part. Is it covered by insurance? I think it would depend on your specific provider. So there are some providers that accept insurance, less so the therapists and the dietitians. There are a handful, but I would say that not enough not enough people accept insurance. But I also will add that if you have any sort of out-of-network benefits, then you can get reimbursement if you pay out of pocket. So there's a little bit of a saving grace there. <laughs> <laughs> but it is, it's so, terribly expensive. It's not okay. And Rachel, you know, some of the primary care physicians also listen to my podcast. So for them, I just want to kind of figure this out. And it helps me also figure this mm-hmm. out. How does one start suspecting as a healthcare professional Mm -hmm. that their patient might be having an eating disorder? Or how would you begin that conversation with the patient? You know, for me, for example, the manifestation may just be 
the disease of obesity. But mm -hmm. the underlying cause may be that they have probably have an eating disorder, right? I'm just giving an example. So mm -hmm. how yeah. would I start that conversation for this? Because the late manifestations of anorexia, for example, are being very thin, having the lanago, whatever have you. And it's kind of like, it gives you that picture that you need to talk about that. But obesity is such a complex thing that you can have a lot of causes of obesity itself. So how would I suspect in a patient that they may have an eating disorder and they need help with that? because that might actually help them in the long run. I love this question because I don't think we have enough medical providers even asking the question. And then unfortunately, with the very limited understanding that they have about eating disorders or relationship with food, they can inadvertently be perpetuating someone's eating disorder. And so the first thing that I would do is just to kind of look out for some markers. So if somebody's weight has changed drastically, or if they seem a little bit weird when you're taking their weight, like a little preoccupied with it or talking about it, you know, ask them like, oh, how do you feel about your weight? You know, just have a pretty open-ended conversation. And then I would ask the questions that we talked about a little bit before are, you know, more relationship with food. How do you feel like your relationship with food is? Are you thinking about food a lot? I would even ask very specific questions around binging and restricting, or if you want to kind of use the terms like dieting and, you know, how's your body image, very open-ended questions. And I would say if they indicate even a small amount that this is something that they're thinking about, I think that, you know, that that's something to be flagged. Right. So yeah, I think that's something definitely to look for, especially in people who have obesity and, you know, because that this can be a manifestation of an underlying eating disorder in itself. Rachel, how can people find you? Yeah, well, they can either find me on my website, that's rachelheineman.com, or on my podcast, Understanding Disordered Eating, and on Instagram, that's I'm at rheinemanlmhc. Excellent. Excellent. This has definitely been a very fruitful discussion. I mean, this has really opened my eyes to understanding what goes into becoming a certified eating disorder specialist and, you know, the extensive training that is required to specialize in treating patients with this and how people with eating disorders can get help from specialists like you. Mm -hmm. Any parting thoughts? Yes, I actually have a book that's really phenomenal. I would think it's for really everyone, but I think people in the medical profession, it's phenomenal. It's called Sick Enough. It's by Dr. Jennifer Gaudiani. Have you ever heard of her? No, I haven't, no. So it's a really incredible book. It goes through all the medical complications of eating disorders, things that you would never even think about, and, and even talking about how some numbers might seem normal in terms of the markers. We're talking about a, a blood panel here. But for somebody who is engaging in regular purging or regular binging or regular restricting, that number is actually quite off. And so looking at the different medical complications, going back to your question about what to look for, some of the numbers are actually inaccurate for someone who's struggling with an eating disorder. So the book is sick enough. I can't recommend enough. Yeah, well, that's, <laughs> that's very enlightening and very interesting because knowledge is power. And I think you were able to impart yeah. a lot of knowledge to us today. Well, thank you so much, Rachel, for joining me. And thank you, everyone, for listening in. And make sure to listen to the next episode for more information on the giveaway that's coming up. Well, that's all we have time for. I'll see you all next time. You've been listening to the Decoding Obesity Podcast. Please remember, the information in this podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely of the host and his guests and do not constitute medical advice. 
Views and opinions on this show do not necessarily represent the views and opinions of any organization. And that brings us to the end of the show. Thank you so much for listening in. Don't forget to visit our website, www.decodingobesity.com for show notes and more info. And if you've enjoyed this episode, please feel free to rate, review, and subscribe on your preferred podcast listening platform. We really appreciate that effort. Until next time.